Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's time for Next Gen Friday. We are so excited about the future of our fellowship that we highlight the 40 and under pastors of CFM. We hope you are inspired by the deep bench of pastors and leaders coming up around the world. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. I want to thank you guys for coming. I want to thank my pastor for giving me the opportunity. If you have your Bibles, if you can open them up to the book of Psalms, chapter 30. Psalms, chapter 30. The title of my message tonight is Count Your Blessings. Count Your Blessings. This title comes out of an experience that I had while I was outreaching in Vista. And I remember I was already uh, uh, pastoring in, in Fallbrook at the time. But I was really upset and disgruntled about a few things that weren't working out. They weren't turning out my way. I was mad at a few things that happened. But while I'm outreaching, I'm going door to door, mind you, I saw this picture or this, this little thing on a door. Go ahead and uh, show the picture, bro. No, that's not the picture. <laughs> Those are just umbrellas. There it is. So I'm knocking, right? I'm going door to door. And that was on the door. When I'm in, in, in my mind, I was complaining. I was like, God, why is this like this? God, you know, I'm, I'm complaining and I'm, you know, disgruntled. And then, well, you saw what I did, right? I had to kind of Photoshop it. <laughs> but, you know, God had to talk to me like that. He had to set me straight. It was a day that I was just... Not having it. And we can get like that from time to time. But I want to tell you something. God got my attention when I saw this. I remember stepping up to the door. And it was like right on time. It couldn't have happened at a better time. Because it was right when I was complaining in my mind. And I wasn't being audible about it, obviously, because I was on outreach. But as soon as I walked up to this door and I saw this, It was like God slapping me in the face. You know, and every once in a while, I think we need that. It's so easily forgotten. All the good that God has done for us. You can take the picture off, bro, before someone gets offended. But as I looked at that picture, as I looked at that little thing on the, and mind you, I knocked on the door and no one answered. That door was just for me. It was my door, you know what I mean? And I had to take a picture. I took that picture back in 2015. In 2015. And I remember God spoke to me right as I'm standing in front of that door. And I snapped a picture of it. And I was, this is going in the archives because every time now that I look at that, it's like God reminds me once again, you better count your blessings, buddy. You're mad about things. Things aren't going your way. I want to tell you something. You better count your blessings. 
Let's go to our text in Psalms 30, starting in verse 11. If you're there, say amen. You have turned my mourning into joyful dancing. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation just in case you say, hey, why isn't mine the same or reading the same? I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. You have taken away my clothes of mourning and clothed me with joy, that I might sing praises to you and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give you thanks forever. Father, I pray this evening. Lord, help us, mighty God, so that we would have an attitude of gratitude. Lord, I pray for those who are disgruntled right now, Lord God. I'm praying, Father, change their hearts, O Lord God. Even those watching on live stream, Lord God, that you would cause them, O Lord God, to be saved, O Lord, and born again. You would cause us to return back and to remember all the good things you've done for us, O Lord God. I thank you for what you're going to do tonight. Lord, I pray you are anointing over this message, O Lord, in Jesus' name. And all God's people would say, Amen. Amen. Let's talk about ingratitude for a minute. Merriam-Webster defines ingratitude like this, a lack of proper appreciation or thanks for something, such as a kind or helpful act, a lack of gratitude, forgetfulness of or poor return for kindness received, ungratefulness. This is how it defines it. And how many of you have never been ungrateful? Lift your hand. No takers tonight. Oh, you lied. (laughs) (laughs) because if you've been alive for a few years you're going to know man you're not everything is going to work out your way all the time and things are not going to go your way all the time either see you and I as as we sit here we can remember all the different things that we are ungrateful for because that's easy to do You remember the story of the lepers in Luke chapter 17, verse 15? There was 10 of them. And only one of them came back. You know, I think this is something that's common. Not just in those days, but more so now. It's more common now. This is an issue. And we need to deal with it. A large majority of people are dealing with ingratitude right now. You're not happy about how things are going for you. You're upset about something in your life, and you're not giving God the praise. You're not giving God the glory. You're not grateful for the good in your life, your marriage, your spouse, your children, family, job, boss, coworkers, opportunities, whatever it is. You're not happy. And there's ingratitude in your heart right now. If I only had that, if I could have more money, if I was married to that person if I had a nice house if I had a nice car and on and on and on it goes you're not happy about your lot in life see this is something that you and I have to deal with but mind you this is also the signs of the times this is a last day signs in 2 Timothy chapter 3 Starting in verse 1, it says this, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to parents, and ungrateful. 
They will consider nothing sacred. This is an issue that we're dealing with, especially today, in this day and age, more so. Why? Because this is part of the last days. It's part of the last days signs that you and I are going to encounter more and more people that are disgruntled in life. And you'll see them at the grocery stores and they'll bump into you. And they won't say sorry. And they won't say excuse me. People will do favors for them. They don't say thank you. See, we see the effects of ingratitude in our society more and more. Just turn on the news. You'll see it there. Confusion and civil unrest. People's behavior. Crazy. I read this and I thought it was fitting. Behavior of ungrateful people. They're always in need. Something's always going on. The world revolves around them and their schedule. They don't have time for you unless they need something from you. They expect you to help them. Expect you to help them. They will always remember the one time you didn't help them instead of the thousands of times you did. Does that sound familiar? You don't have to point, okay? There will be an altar call tonight. You know, it's, it's sad, but ingratitude comes with some serious consequences, guys. Serious, serious consequences. See, we become proud and rebellious. This is, this is part of the consequence of being ungrateful. We begin to take credit for the good in our lives. Now, let me ask you a question. How much credit can you really take of the good things that happen in your life? And you better be careful how you answer that. Oh, because I'm smart, strong, I'm good looking. I've been able to do this, that, or whatever. But this is our mindset. In Daniel chapter 4, how many of you remember King Nebuchadnezzar? In verse 29, he says this. At the end of the 12 months, this is after the fact, right? He's got this dream. He calls Daniel in to interpret his dream. And Daniel gives him a warning. He says, hey, king, you know what? You better repent of your ways. Give credit where credit is due. And then this happens 12 months later, okay? 12 months later after Daniel has already warned the king, then he says this. Then this happens. At the end of the 12 months, he was walking about the royal palace of Babylon. This is King Nebuchadnezzar. The king spoke, saying, Is this not great Babylon that I have built for a royal dwelling by my power and for the honor of my majesty? Me, me, me. I did it. While the word was still in the king's mouth, a voice fell from heaven. King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken, the kingdom has departed from you, and they shall drive you from men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. They shall make you eat grass like oxen, and seven times shall pass over you until you know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he chooses. That very hour, the word was fulfilled concerning Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from men and ate grass like an oxen. His body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hair had grown like, uh, sorry, yeah, uh, hair had grown like eagles, feathers, and nails like birds' claws. That's something scary. I mean, I'm glad that this this isn't happening anymore to us, but imagine that. 
that you'd, you were so ungrateful you'd turn into a beast. I don't think there'd be too many ungrateful people around. We'd all be grazing in the pastures. Serious. Taking for granted what good things God has done for us. And we develop this entitlement attitude. God, you owe me. Dad, mom, teacher, life, you owe me. I deserve better. This is what we think. This is how we begin to think. I shouldn't be going through this. I'm not happy with this situation. I'm not happy with who I am. And so what do some people do? They, they go get a sex change. They're not happy. Bad attitudes. The way you think it's twisted. You become a complainer. Do you remember the children of Israel when they, when they got out of Egypt? How many remember the story? Here's these men and women complaining about everything, even though God had rescued them from uh, slavery, mind you. Rescued them from slavery, gave them what they needed in a place that they could have easily died. Think about it. They were in the desert. They had shade by day, heat by night, water from a rock, manna every morning, sandals and clothing that didn't wear out. Hello, they had everything they needed. And yet, they were displeased, dissatisfied, discontented, discouraged, depressed. I ran out of D words to say. <laughs> but the list goes on and on. See, we become evil, really. We become evil. In Romans chapter 1, verse 21, it says this, Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship Him as God or even give Him thanks. You know, I'm surprised. Some people don't even pray for their food and, and thank God for their food. It's like they just go right in. I was reading a story. This man, he, he's saying, you know what? Uh, I went to a restaurant and, you know, I looked at my food. And, and when I got my food, I, I, I prayed for it. I blessed it. And then another guy sees him pray. And he tells him, oh, you're one of those guys, huh? And he's like, okay. And the guy's like, you know what? I don't have to thank anybody for my food. I work hard for my money, and I buy my food. And when they serve it, they put it on my, on my table, I eat it. And then the, the other guy responds, he's like, yeah, you're just like my dog. <laughs> he never thanks me when I feed him either. <laughs> That's how we are, though. He said they did not give him thanks. But look at the consequence here. They refused to give thanks to God. And in that same verse, and they began to think of foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth of God for a lie, so they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the Creator Himself, 
who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. That is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Even the women turned against the natural way to have sex and instead indulged in sex with each other. And the men, instead of having normal sexual relations with women, burned with lust for each other. Men did shameful things with other men. And as a result of this sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty they deserved. Since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that should never be done. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarrelings, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. They are backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, boastful. They invent new ways of sinning. And they disobey their parents. Uh-oh. They refuse to understand, break their promises, are heartless, have no mercy. They know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die, yet they do them anyway. Worse yet, they encourage others to do them too. How many of you are keeping track of the list? No? I, I kept track for you. So the first thing that happens is your mind becomes dark and confused. So you wonder why people are confused nowadays. It's because they're godless. A godless person is not going to thank God. Why? Because they don't believe in him. And you get confused. You're easily confused and manipulated. So because you're confused, now you're going to become a fool. That was the second thing there. You become a fool. What does the Bible say about a fool? A fool says in his heart, there is no God. Why? Because you have just made yourself with God. Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. And third is you start to worship idols. See, because you, you failed to thank God and to see him as God, so now you're going to create a God according to your image or some kind of an image, and you'll begin to worship it. And I'm not just talking about, you know, you, you got a little Buddha at home. 
You got a little shrine to Mary at home. No, it's, it goes further than that. Because you become religious and idolater. And that in itself brings its own consequences. See, once you become an idolater, this is when the Bible says God gives you over to a based mind. And then the consequences of that is you'll begin to violate and degrade your body. You'll begin to violate and degrade your body. Verse 26, even women turned against the natural way to have sex, instead indulged in sex with each other. If this is not clear enough to you, I don't know what is. Verse 27, and men, instead of having normal sexual relations with women, burned with lust for each other. Verse 29, their lives become full of every kind of wickedness and evil thing. See, these are some pretty harsh consequences. These are some pretty radical consequences. You could be saved and living for God, but you're going to go down a slippery slope when you start harboring ingratitude in your heart. And on down the line, what starts to happen is now you're off the road and off the path. Then you start to hate God. You start to hate the church. Then everyone who used to be your friend now is your enemy. Oh, it's those people's fault. Oh, it's the church's fault. You know, people would come to the church in Fallbrook, and when they would leave, they say, it's the church. I was, I was the only one there, dude. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> the church. should have just said my name. <laughs> the church. But that's exactly what happens. You know, they blame the pastor. They, blame, they put the blame on somebody because somebody is responsible that I'm not a happy person. Someone's responsible. My feelings have been hurt. See, it's easy to forget what God has done. It's real easy, guys. Just let something bad happen. And all the thousands of good things God has done for you are nothing. Reduced to ash. And this big wicked thing, you know, it, it, you focus on it. That's, like, that, that's the only thing in life now. So this is why you and I, we need to really count our blessings. We need to be reminded. Don't forget where you were, unsaved and on your way to hell. How many of you were already saved before you came to Jesus? Lift your hand. Nobody. Okay. I'm in the right place. In 2 Corinthians 6, here are the apostles reminding the Corinthians. He says, as God's partners, we beg you not to accept his marvelous gift of kindness and then ignore it. For God says, at just the right time, I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Has God helped you at all? Has God done anything for you at all? That you could be grateful for? You know, testimony night comes around and no one's got a testimony. Are you serious? Could you save yourself? You were addicted and demon-possessed? You won't admit it. You act like you've always been this way. I was messed up, man. My mind was messed up. I was jacked up. I couldn't fix myself. 
We were in the pig pen of life, eating slop. Now you're all put together in the right mind. You look good. You smell good. Some of you, you didn't smell good in the past, man. I know, because I was one of them. You know, you smelled like a brewery. Every time somebody would get close, they'd get drunk. You smelled foul. The stench of sin. It's disgusting. But that's where some of us came out of. And now, you know, you're like, oh, you know, what have you done for me so far, God? Don't forget what God has done for you. A coworker of mine told me a story of a man who was in a motorcycle accident or avoided a motorcycle accident. This man was on the highway and there was an 18-wheeler right by him and somehow he tried to avoid another vehicle swerving into him. But in the process, he ends up going right underneath that 18-wheeler. He goes right underneath it and he ends up on the side of the freeway unscathed. This man, he's telling me this story, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, what happened? He says, nothing happened to him. But this man, what he does is he put, he, he's, he's there on the side of the road. He comes to himself. He's pacing back and forth after that happened, that incident, where he could have just died, right? He's pacing back and forth, and he comes to this realization, I could have died right there. He, this man was telling me that he starts to burst into tears, this man bursts into tears and he says, okay, God, I am, de- I am as if, if, if I'm dead. What do you want me to do? He got saved right then and there. He said, God, you rescued my life. I should have died right there. What do you want me to do? And as I'm listening to him tell this, I'm like, oh, my gosh. It impacted me. I thought to myself, wow, I think that's happened to almost every person in this room. Where God rescued you. Your life is not your own anymore. God rescued you from something that could have taken you out. And today you're complaining. Oh, why don't I have a better job, God? You know why I said that? Because that's why I've said that too. So God had to speak to me first. I was convicted. See, you and I, we have to understand our life is not ours anymore. God did something for you that you couldn't do for yourself, rescued you and saved you. Don't forget what God has done for you. Here in Psalms, in our text, in verse 1, it says, I will exalt you, Lord, for you rescued me. You refused to let my enemies triumph over me. Oh, Lord, my God, I cried to you for help, and you restored my health. How many of you have been sick, and God healed you? Listen, God has done miracles in your life. You brought me up from the grave. Listen to me. I was in the hospital, and some of you remember that. Some of you remember that. I was in the hospital. People came and prayed while I'm in the hospital. Backsliders came to see me. Can you believe that? I, when I opened my eyes and I saw, I saw backsliders, I'm like, what in the world is that person doing here? Like, that person did not leave happy from this church, you know? <laughs> and they were there. And I'm thinking to myself, wow. 
but he rescued me from the grave. Some of you, that's your story. God has rescued you from the grave. Oh Lord, you kept me from falling into the pit of death. You have turned my mourning into joyful dancing. You have taken away my clothes of mourning and clothed me with joy. Oh, you forget. We forget all the good that God has done. We come and we sing and we do all these things, right? And we, but we, our heart's not in it. We, we forget. We're just singing, okay, Lord, you know. Like, it's time to go to church. Oh, now it's offering time. You know, it's, we're going through the motions, we're going through the motions. But by the grace of God, we're saved, sober, free, and on our way to heaven. Hello. What can be better than that? Oh, but you know, you're going to walk out that door tonight. And then there's going to be things that are going to be better than this. I, I'm telling you this. It's true. Because you're going to look at a circumstance in your life and you're going to say, wow, God. Unbelievable. <laughs> so we need an attitude of gratitude. Listen to this quote, uh, and I saw it in the Daily Inspirational Quotes. It says this, Ungrateful people complain about the one thing you haven't done for them instead of being thankful for the thousands of things you have done for them. But just put God there. Ungrateful people complain about the one thing God hasn't done for them instead of being thankful for the thousands of things God has done for them. Is this the case with you and I? See, by the grace of God, he has given us what we have. Do you deserve more? That's how we think. Huh? Well, you know, I deserve a little more. Really? We, we deserved hell, guys. The last time I checked, man, I could not save myself. And I was pretty wicked in my heart. And not because I was, you know, doing bad things, but my sin condemned me. The proper attitude is gratitude. You remember Mary Magdalene? No, if you don't know who Mary Magdalene is, she's the woman that Jesus cast out seven demons out of her. She had seven friends in her. Like, what's her name, uh? Nicki Minaj, she had, you know, multiple personalities. Well, Jesus delivered her. Jesus set this woman free, and what did she do? What was her reaction? How many of you remember what she did? Lift your hand if you know what she did. Out of gratitude. One person, two, three, four. Some of you remember. For those of you who don't remember, I'm going to tell you exactly what this woman did. Jesus was sitting in the house of Simon. He's a Pharisee. And in comes this woman. She barges through the door. And she begins to break open this alabaster uh, box, fragrant oil. And she begins to pour it all over Jesus. She begins to cry at his feet and wipe his feet with her tears. This woman gave extravagantly. Why? A heart of gratitude. There was gratitude in her heart. This is the least that I can do for Jesus. Hello. Why? Because grateful people give. Crickets. <laughs> See, it's not, and I'm just talking about money, obviously, but it's time, too. Grateful people give their time. Why? It's the least that I could do for Jesus. My life is his, right? Your life is his? Oh, no, it's still mine. 
Yeah, we can tell. See, this woman gave extravagantly. How about the gathering demoniac? How many remember what the gathering demoniac? Pastor just preached a sermon on this guy. Well, guess what? Jesus cast out a whole legion of demons out of this guy. And what does he do? He says, Jesus, I'm willing to follow you wherever. Wherever you go, I want to be there with you. What does Jesus tell him? No, no, no. I want you to go back into your city and begin to tell people the good things that God has done for you. Why? Because grateful people obey Jesus and share what God has done for them. That's just natural. This is what Jesus did for me. Why? I don't know. He did it out of love. He just loved me that much. Saved a sinner like me. Here's this man gathering demoniac, man. He's a, he's a fireball witness, man. Because Jesus did something for him. And in his gratitude, he obeys Jesus. And he goes back and does exactly what Jesus tells him to do. What about David? Here, King David. He's worshiping God. He's praising the Lord. Why? Because grateful people want to pray. They want to worship. They want to praise God. Hello, grateful people want to pray. It's not a big burden. Oh, you know, golly. You know, if you were drowning and a a lifeguard rescued you from drowning, you'd be kissing the guy. See, this is, this is the issue, guys. You and I, man, we, we forget. God has rescued us from death. He's rescued us from hell. Rescued your life. Remember, I was working at Raging Waters as a lifeguard. That's how I know this, too. When you rescue someone from drowning, they, they want to just give you everything. They want to even give you your da- their daughters and stuff. I mean, I'm like, eesh. But see, you and I, man, we, God has helped us so much, and what do we do? Oh, thanks, God, thanks. We keep doing what we want to do. Here, David, he's worshiping God because people that really are grateful, they're not going to be afraid of lifting their hands and saying, oh, thank you, Lord. When we worship God, they're not going to be afraid of lifting their hands and praising God. Why? Because I'm grateful for what he did. That's the least that I can do. The least that I can do is come to church and pray. The least that I can do is stay in a relationship with the very person that saved me, rescued my soul from an eternal hell. That's the least that I can do. Love a person that had no reason to love me, no reason to save me, but yet did it. Worship a person like, why? That's the least I can do. The least that I can do is lift my hands when I worship God. Colossians 4 verse 2 says, Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. This is what we're supposed to be doing, guys. You know, maybe sometimes you can't thank God because of all the different issues that are going on, but this is why we come to prayer, guys. Prayer is what preps us so that when it's time for worship, you can lift your hands and begin to worship God and begin to remember all the good things he's done for you. Colossians 2, 6, it says, And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him. Let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. 
See, this is the outflow, guys, of something that God puts in you. Why? Because the Holy Spirit of God comes in. The Bible says it's like rivers of living water. This is water that's not stagnant and stale and all smelly. No, it's moving. There's life in there. That life could be in us. In our text, he says, David says, I'm not going to be silent. David is going to let the world know what God has done for him. What about us? I'm going to let the world know what God has done for me. I'm grateful. There's gratitude in my life. He says, I will give you thanks forever. You know, and if we see a picture of David, here's a man that was persecuted, had some serious problems. How many of you, the president's ever wanted to kill you? Let me me see your hand. Nobody? Okay. See? Hey. Saul wanted to kill David. He was getting chased by the king and his entire army. How many of your sons ever turned on you and wanted to kill you? Lift your hand. Uh, nobody. Huh. Huh. Maybe you got something to thank God for, huh? I don't know. You got something to be uh, grateful about? But look, no matter what, this man, read the Psalms for yourself. He's thanking God all through him. No matter what the condition in life was, whether it was he was being chased by Saul or by his son, it didn't matter what was going on. David was going to praise the Lord. Why? Because this is an attitude of gratitude that he had. He had counted all his blessings. This man knew where he came. He remembered what God had done for him. And this is what you and I need to do. He says, I will not be silent. In Psalms 103, Verse 1, it says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives you all your iniquities. Who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your mouth, or excuse me, so that your youth is renewed. Like the eagle. Put that picture up, bro. Let me ask you, are you being a dumb donkey? I know I was that day. But he squared me away. He fixed me up. Don't be a dumb donkey. Be grateful. Have some gratitude. Some of you, you need to come to this altar tonight and just repent of your ingratitude. Because this is an issue. It's going to ruin your life, your marriage, your everything in life. This ungrateful attitude, man, it's like poison. You need to get what David has. An attitude of gratitude. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless.